Welcome to the Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co-host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now, in the studio, local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome to the Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, June 5th show. You can also listen to our podcast, Facebook premiere show, or on our show YouTube channel. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. Bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how they can affect your money. If you are hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We are here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyr.com. And our lineup for today's show, we have Matthew Pegum of Dashboard Enterprises. Tackle your business financials with the right team of professionals. Also, we have Kathleen Hunter of NW Canine Coalition. How one nonprofit is shining a light on dogs in need of a home. And our last guest on the show today is Don Spiegelberg of Heart Coherence LLC. How stress negatively impacts your wealth strategy. Great information and great guests in studio today. For more information on any topic discussed or to connect with our guest on the show today, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And we'll start at today's show as we do each week with a little bit of money chat. Money. Money. Well, Keelan, what do you have for our money chat today? Well, today I'm going to talk about some of the data and indicators that we pay attention to with pricing and locking our customers' loans. We talk about a little bit of this, but I kind of want to talk about some stuff we didn't touch on very much. So I thought that would be uh, interesting to our listeners to give an insight. So to do that, I want to start out with fixed mortgage rates and treasury yields. So there's a huge misconception from my clients often and even loan officers that mortgage rates and 10-year treasury are tied together are just one thing and um, some say that if you watch a 10-year that you could predict the market when in fact that's just not true they're not connected at all overall mortgage rates and 10-year treasury yields will likely move in the same direction most of the time but not always they appear to move similarly over long periods of times, but lock decisions aren't made over long periods of time. They're shorter time frames, and there can be a significant disconnect between the two instruments, uh, which could lead to locking at the wrong time. So often when we look at charts showing the 10-year treasury and the 30-year mortgage rates over a 30 or 45-day period, which coincides with the time that a borrower would normally decide to lock in a loan, you notice that these two instruments often move in different directions on many occasions during these short time frames. This is why we follow the trading of the mortgage bonds a lot more closely in order to make sure that we're helping our customers with the locking decisions. Uh, and we tend to follow the mortgage bond first 
but we also look at the tenure for additional data that can be can be helpful. And one of the times we do that is when we're on a Fibonacci level. You probably heard that in economics class or me talk about that when we're on a floor of a ceiling and we're kind of interested if it's going to bounce up or or uh, or go below the floor, uh, then we can pay attention to that. And speaking of bonds, I also wanted to bring up the relationships of stocks and bonds. So bonds are fixed income instruments that represent loans made by an investor to borrow often it's corporate or government bonds. They're typically considered a safer investment because they receive a preference in the case of liquidation, less risk, less reward. Makes sense. On the other hand, stocks represent ownership of a company, and this investment is usually riskier than bonds. More risk, more reward. Uh, stocks and bonds often have an inverse relationship since they typically compete for the same investment dollar. You're either going to put your money in stocks, you're going to put your money in bond, depending on the environment. When the economy is performing well, people intend to invest in the riskier assets like stocks. The move towards riskier investments will pull investment dollars from bonds, causing bond prices to move lower and their corresponding yields higher. Bonds can often be a safe haven when the economy is doing poorly or in periods of time where there are geo geopolitical risks, including war, terrorism, et cetera. We just experienced one of those. COVID was an interesting time. I talked about that on a previous money chat. This can cause riskier assets like stocks to sell off with that money flowing into the safer bond market, causing bond prices to move higher and their corresponding yields lower. And I can do a whole money chat on this alone. I mean, I've done some previously to get into how they correspond to rates, but I thought I'd touch on some other things that we haven't talked about on top of that. So another thing we look at is timing. Um, timing can cause market volatility as well. So the U.S. stock market opens at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, closes at 4 p.m., whereas the U.S. bond market opens at 8 and it closes at 5 p.m. These are all Eastern time, by the way. It's important to note that the mortgage pricing will unlikely to coincide with the opening of the bond market. And most of the time lenders such as ourselves will change pricing between or will or pricing will change between 10 a.m. and 10.30 Eastern time. So this tells us that the activity in the bond market prior to the issuance of pricing will already be contemplated in the pricing offered. So we will look for that change since pricing was issued and not just the overall day change. And there's other several impacts as well as far as market. Um, so there are a few key times to keep in mind throughout the date, such as the European stock market closes at 11.30 Eastern. Specialists slash market makers leave the U.S. stock market at 3.30, which can cause additional volatility. And Fed can buy bonds throughout the day, usually between 11 and 2.30. All these things oppress, uh, affect pricing. And pay close, close attention to Tina's money chat. She's talking about these, re these reports that specifically correlate with our pricing and what's going to happen. And we do this, and Tina shares this, all in the efforts of getting ahead of where pricing is going to be for our customers and our clients to ensure that we're making the best decisions for them based on data and information. Most people in our position do not do this. So it's really important you have somebody like us who really pays attention and, uh, and to the market and make sure that they have your best interest in mind. Great money chat, Keelan, and great education for our listeners. You can even hear some of the economists uh, talking about the 10-year uh, treasure and how it's affecting mortgage interest rates. A little bit crazy. Uh, Tina Mitchell here with your money chat. Initial job claims, which measures individual filing for unemployment benefits for the first time, decreased 20,000 to 385,000, which is the lowest level since the pandemic, and a print finally under 400,000. Continuing claims of those that continue to receive benefits increased by 169,000 to 3.77 million. The pandemic 
unemployment assistant claims, which gives individual benefits who would not usually qualify, and the pandemic emergency claims, which extends benefits after regular benefits expired, decreased by roughly 45,000 combined. 15.4 million individuals are still receiving benefits throughout all of their programs, which is 366,000 from the previous week. The problem with people coming back to work is twofold. Some could argue that individuals are being incentivized to stay home because of the additional benefits that they were receiving. While on the other hand, some can't come back to work because of schools are not fully open after school programs that keep them till you get home for work are closed and childcare is not open to the degree that it used to be. For those that can't go back to work because of children, that may not get better until we see things go back to normal situations. For those that choose to stay home because they are financially benefiting and making more or making similar to the amount that they don't have to go to work, we likely won't see a real improvement until Labor Day when the additional benefits expire. Some states chose not to extend the benefits, which we will start to see next week and could expect improvement on these numbers. There is talks that there could be a federal tax credit or signing bonus created by the government to get people back to work but this doesn't make sense for either of the two scenarios. If you can't go back to work because children at the extra bonus or the tax credit doesn't help you, if you choose to stay home because you are making more, you would likely go back once the extra benefits end, but this would have them earn more money to go back even though they're already being financially driven to do so. Sounds like a waste of money to me. Now, there is pressure on the Fed to remove some of the accommodation and to start hiking rates and tapering their purchases of mortgage-backed securities and treasuries. Hat tip, David Rosberg. Once the Fed starts hiking rates, there is historically an 80% chance of a recession to follow. This often, often happens because the Fed goes to the extremes. They provide too much accommodation and then on the other hand, hike too much. This is one of the things that the Fed may be thinking about and will likely delay them from making gradual changes. Now, the Mortgage Bankers Association released their mortgage application data showing that overall application volume decreased by 4%. Purchases were down 3% and down 2% from this time last year, shining some light on housing and the year-over-year -year purchase numbers. Inventory levels are down 20% from last year and 50% from two years ago. Naturally, this will cause less transactions, but does not mean that there's a housing, that the housing market is weak. It is so strong right now, and there's just too much demand and not enough inventory. Additionally, the purchase applications show down partly due to cash buyers. In April 2020, they represented 17% of the transactions, while today they represent 25% of the transactions. In a cash transaction, the buyer does not need mortgage application, causing these numbers to decline. Last, lastly, this time last year, right after the lockdowns were lifted and there was a big surge on purchase applications, making the numbers higher for this period of time. Now, CoreLogic released their home price index report for April, showing that home prices increased 2.1% during the month alone, 
prices rose 13% year over year, which is up from 11.3% in the previous report. CoreLogic forecasts that the home prices will ride 1.1% in May, which is the same level they forecasted in April. CoreLogic says that baby boomers are staying in their home longer, which is adding to the inventory issue. Today, they are staying for an average of 13 years, which is 50% longer than the previous generation. Even as they become comfortable listing their homes, they are faced with the reality that if they sell, they may get a smaller home for the same price, or they just can't find any homes out there on the market. Uh, then we have to challenge on the new construction front. Builders are facing high labor costs and material costs, which is preventing them from building, especially on the lower end. Inventory levels are down almost 50% compared to 2019, which is a big reason for the appreciation that we have seen. Tina Mitchell here, and that is your Money Chat. Coming up next on the Money Hour, tackle your business financials with the right team of professionals. Matthew Hegum of Dashboard Enterprises, right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Let me ask you this. Do you wake up in the morning longing for purpose and meaning to your days? Something beyond sitting at a computer and watching the clock tick the minutes away? Well, your days are about to change for the better. The Northwest Canine Coalition, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to shine a light on dogs in need of a home, is looking for volunteers and board members ready to make a difference and save lives. They partner with smaller, lesser-known rescues and shelters throughout the Northwest and provide videos and media segments showcasing their lovable canines. These actually air on King 5 News each week and various social media platforms. To learn more about volunteer opportunities and board membership, email Kathleen Hunter at kathleen at nwk9coalition.org or you can visit their website at nwk9coalition.org where you can search for adoptable dogs, watch their dog videos, and make a donation so that they may continue to fulfill their mission. Remember, with your help, we canine do it. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You are listening to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, June 5th show. You can also listen to our podcast, Facebook premiere show, or our show on our YouTube channel. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. It is a great day to talk about money, and that's what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you are hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We are here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now on our show, we have Matthew Hegum of Dashboard Enterprises. Tackle your business financials with the right team of professionals right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Matthew, welcome to the show. Hi, Tina. Nice to see you again. 
so excited to have you uh, on the show and a little bit about Matthew. Born mm -hmm. out of New York, founded by Carol Salmon, Dashboard is an outsourced accounting department expanding into the Seattle area with a team of CFOs, controllers, and bookkeepers. They help their clients to address the day-to-day -day accounting needs as they deliver data that informs decision-making and long-term success. With 15 plus years of experience in the industry, Matthew's career highlights, including having been named as one CPA practice advisors 20 under 40 superstars and being featured as a speaker at conferences like QuickBooks, Connect, and ZerxCon. Matthew is also a Goldman Sachs 10,000 small business alumni and serves as a member of Sage Accounting Advisors Council and a board member for Wix Talks Money. You big rock star, you. That's quite yes, the... I sound very busy, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, Keelan, we only have rock stars on the show, right? Yes, yes. And, and what, a, what a list of accomplishments. Um, mm. I want to start out with kind of the basics, and that's how you got started in accounting. Yeah, good question. Uh, well, I like to say that I'm perhaps the only dance major, I hope, that's ever received recognition from CPA practice advisor. And that speaks to, I think, my trajectory. It's a very non-traditional path. I started in the arts world. I was a starving artist in New York City, realized that that wasn't gonna work out so well for my, my bank account and my well-being, and migrated my way over to the nonprofit world, found my way to workforce development and job training, ultimately where I discovered um, the, the value of the work that we were doing. We were teaching unemployed individuals how to enter into the workforce as accounting professionals. But what I realized at that time as I was doing that work is that, um, is that the work we were doing was critical to small business, small businesses maintaining their books, maintaining their finances, because that meant that they would be able to ultimately create more jobs and create sustainable businesses. So it was through that non-traditional path that I ended up in this industry. Yeah, and I've had the pleasure of having some quality time with Matthew, and we're definitely going to have to have you back in, Matthew, to talk about your new play uh, yeah. that you are currently in the process of completing. So, uh, Matthew, let's talk about what inspires you about what you're doing. Yeah, well, I think I think to, to sort of underscore the fact that what we do is critical to job creation and sustainability for small businesses, I think, is is certainly at the heart of it. Um, but to the point of the topic that we're here to talk about today, um, the part of the business that I'm most passionate about is the people side. And, and really at my job at Dashboard is to make sure that my team is growing and evolving as the needs and the demands of the clients grow and evolve too. Um, and that really is my, my favorite part. It's like being able to coach them, support them, train them, guide them, mentor them, and help them to see how they can help our clients in, improve their bottom line is what it's all about for me. I love that, Matthew. I can also relate to, I was a semi-pro soccer player at one point, mm -hmm. you know, figuring that uh, I, I got to get a big, big kid's job at one point and an artist. And here I am helping people buy homes and finance. I think it's like a bigger holistic picture that you get because you use that artsy side where you can kind of see that bigger picture. Um, as far as what your company actually does to dive in a little bit deeper, what do you guys actually do specifically? 
Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, Tina, Tina provided a little bit of a description talking about outsourced accounting department services with the controllers, CFOs, and bookkeepers. But I think the best way to talk about what we do is, is by giving an example. Um, and I'll give you, I'll give you uh, an example of an e-commerce client who recently came to us. Um, they actually had a, a pre-existing CFO, but the CFO um, was on his way out and needed some support to handle um, the day-to-day -day accounting. So we came in, helped him to set up his accounting system or the accounting system for the business, um, and then worked with him on some of the reporting requirements that the e-commerce team needed, et cetera, ultimately creating a day-to-day -day accounting system for the business and serving as that sort of back office operational team to make sure that bills get paid, invoices go out, inventory is counted, financial reports are sent to the right people at the right time so that they can make important business decisions. That's pretty much what we do. Yeah, and as a local mortgage expert, 26 years in the industry, I'm also a time management and business efficiency uh, coach. And I always say, you know, hiring out, uh, embracing your strengths and hiring out your weaknesses, you need to have uh, someone like Dashboard Enterprises on your team so that you can do what you're best at. So Matthew, let's talk about the start of Dashboard Enterprises. How did the company begin? Yeah, that's a great question. So Dashboard is actually founded by Carol Soman, uh, based out of New York. And, you know, she started much the way that most accounting professionals think they're supposed to start. She got her CPA designation, um, but then rather quickly realized that that was not the, the path she wanted to take. And so she moved into the private sector and climbed her way through the sort of the, the finance department, if you will, becoming con a controller and then ultimately a CFO. Um, but what was really awesome about that journey is that along the way, um, you know, she discovered a, a secret talent, if you will, a talent to find profit leaks. And she she saved several businesses, thousands and thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, not by trying to improve the top line, but by looking at where the business was dripping money along the way and tightening those things up. Uh, we like to call her the profit leak queen uh, at Dashboard. <laughs> She's definitely a gem. But um, yeah, that's how, that's how we got started. And she, she was done working with other businesses. And so she decided, you know what? I want to be my own boss. I want to grow my own business. So nine years ago, she put up the, you know, put up the, the shingle and here we are nine and a half years later. I mean, how valuable is it? As your business grows, you make more profit and there's so many ways you could be losing money and have no idea about it. And as Tina's, as Tina's point suggested, if you don't like doing it, you're not going to focus on it. So it just happens. And then you're bleeding somewhere you don't even realize. And that's why you need to get dashboard and Matthew's team over there to get you all, all your little holes plugged up here. So yeah, um, as you being a, a financial advisor, the compound effect identical to what Matthew's talking about, that compound effect on those little pennies and dollars that add up major yeah, over, over time. We're talking huge money and, and the possibly the life or death of your business. So, so important that you pay attention to what matters and that's the money. So um, what's happening in the industry currently that's impacting clients, Matthew? Yeah, I think these are two really important items um, that I'm going to share with you because they aren't seen often uh, on the front end, but they do definitely impact the clients who are receiving services from the profession. The first one is really around generational shifts that are occurring. There's a lot of leadership transitions, and that creates some friction on the management side of these businesses as they bring in the next generation. The follow-up to that actually has to do with technology. Technology has had a huge impact on our industry. A lot of the work is moving to the cloud, is automated, and unfortunately, some of the previous generation, they just can't or haven't gotten caught up yet on all the new tools that are available 
available to the inbound clients who are trying to automate and reduce their, um, their workload. So those are two big trends that are happening. So Matthew, what is the biggest challenge that you face when trying to support and help your clients right now today? Um, creating fiscal discipline. Um, we are the ones that say, no, you cannot spend that money. No, you cannot hire that person. No, you have to make a different choice. And really the reason why is because we're trying to help them just to maximize their cash flow. Cash is king or queen, depending on how you choose to say it. And it's, and it's critical that you keep that cash as long and, and, and as effectively as you can. Um, and then from there, with that change management comes the discipline around not letting those profit leaks see, uh, find their way back into the business. It's sort of the old patterns and habits that you have to keep, um, keep at bay. And then the last piece of the puzzle, I think, is helping, um, is helping business owners to realize that they can have a completely different kind of a conversation with their accounting professional, perhaps one that they haven't had before. Um, and that's, I think, the, that's really one of the biggest challenges, honestly. Yeah, helping them create that new and better habit that's going to serve them at a higher level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm sitting here on the other end of this, and now you got me curious on the top three tips you have for business owners when it comes to their finances and business. Got it. So I suggested one already, which is really to change your conversation with your accountant or your accounting professionals, which is a whole other conversation. But the second one that's really big right now is actually looking at your money mindset. The scarcity mindset does not help in having a conversation about cash flow and opportunity. Um, and so we, we do some coaching in that space. And the third thing I would say, and we do this with all of our clients, even if it's not their intention, is to think about the design of your business as if you were going to sell your business in five to 10 years. It requires you to take a different level of, of integrity around all of the systems, all the structures, all the processes, et cetera. Wow. Great, great advice, Matthew. Team is so important. What kind of an accounting team do you need to have in place to have a successful business? I would say the most important thing is an accounting team that is sitting on your side of the table. There's a lot of adversarial relationships talking down. I know you don't know you're supposed to do this. Our take is sit on the same side with them and be partners in their growth. And that's the most critical piece. Matthew, thank you so much for coming in and joining us on our show. It was a real pleasure to have a conversation with you and you need to get scheduled. We need to talk about your play. Okay. Thank you, Tina. (laughs) Okay. Coming up next on the money hour, how non one nonprofit is sharing a light on dogs in need of a home. Kathleen Hunter of NW canine collision right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Don Spiegelberg is a certified coherence coach and ad heart facilitator. In her work over the last 20 plus years, she found evidence of the positive effects of energy fields within and around the body, leading her to study coherence and foster intuitive skills. Heart coherence has surprising benefits, like improves cognitive function, increases persona resilience, and promotes teamwork. For more information about Dawn, visit her website at bodywisebodywork.com. Want to hear something different from talk radio? Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. 
You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, June 5th show. You can also listen to our podcast, Facebook premiere show, or catch our show on our show YouTube channel. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We are here to help you build a strong financial blueprint, one week and one show at a time. If you are hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we are here to answer any questions, more importantly, to connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. Uh, now in studio, we have Kathleen Hunter of NW. K9 Coalition, how one nonprofit is shining a light on dogs in need of a home right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Welcome to the show, Kathleen. Hi, Tina. Thank you for having me. Yes, very excited to have you. And a little bit about Kathleen. Kathleen is the founding board member of NWCC. She has been helping sheltered dogs get adopted since 2013 when she began volunteering at the Seattle Humane. Kathy was the first volunteer to take a shelter dog through the six week reactive Rover class offered at Seattle Humane. That experience facilitated the dog Coco with being adopted at the age of 12 and lived a very full life for another three years. Coco was the first of many project dogs Kathleen has worked with. Often the dogs were right out of the bite quarantine, but that only helped drive Kathleen's desire to help the dogs less fortunate to have the same opportunities to be adopted. Oh my gosh, I'm going to start to cry. And with a plan in place and a hand-picked team of fellow volunteers, every dog Kathleen has had has been placed. How cool, Kathleen. I rescued a dog from Bosnia, believe it or not. So uh, just the last couple of years, and he's great. Um, let's talk about, tell us about um, NWCC's mission and shine a light on dogs in need of a home. Sure. Um, so our mission is to partner with the smaller rescues and shelters in the Pacific Northwest, and I like to call them the underdogs. So we partner with them, and then we provide media segments for their adoptable dogs. And what that means is that we produce adoptable dog videos of those dogs. And then we showcase those videos on our YouTube channel, NWK9 Coalition, on, and also on all our social media platforms. So we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, YouTube channel, like I mentioned. And most importantly, we have the Canine Rescue of the Week segment each Monday on King 5. And right next to me here is Moberly. He was, he's our canine rescue this week. So that's what we offer to all the small partner rescues that we're currently partnering with. And um, we also partner with and collaborate with canine professionals. So trainers, behaviorists, um, veterinarians, and we've become a hub. So people will come to us, I need a trainer, I need a vet, whatever it might be. So that's what we do in a nutshell. That's awesome, Kathleen. What an amazing uh, service that you're providing it to our community. Uh, what about community partnerships? Right. So um, we're also becoming a hub and we connect the dots between 
what it is we do and people that we know and then connecting those dots out there. And one of those dots is a very uh, special one. It's new and it's connecting with Darwin's Natural Pet Foods. We have a new program called Food for Fosters. So with Darwin's um, and our partner Rescues, they are offering food to the dogs in their care, the rescue dogs in their care for free. So NWCC, we coordinate with the rescues I take the orders, okay, who has a dog who could benefit from this diet? And so many dogs in rescue are um, behaviorally challenged. They might have medical concerns. And so having this special diet is, you know, is particularly critical and helpful to them. And what I like to say is that a happy dog on the inside is going to be a happy dog on the outside, which then makes them more readily adoptable. So we have this program. It's in the early stages. It's about a, a month old. And uh, so I take the order one week and then the, the next week is pickup. And I will also deliver the food to some of the partner rescues who can't make it out on that particular day and time or wow. too far out. I've gone over to Bremerton for one delivery. I think I'm going to Whidbey in a week. <laughs> yeah. So we'll do whatever it takes to help the dog in need. Well, so it sounds like you're definitely, uh, definitely hooked up for sure. And happy dog, happy home parents and kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So can you dive into how the NWCC came about? Sure. So um, I am so fortunate because I'm able to take my past life, my undergrad working uh, in radio television broadcasting, was company manager for San Diego Civic Light Opera. I was an elementary school teacher. I have a legal background. So I've been able to put all of that together in addition to my volunteer work with dogs, um, put it all together and form Northwest Canine Coalition. So it was one, literally one night over dinner, my husband and I are talking about the small rescues and who is doing what I was doing for a big organization. And we started brainstorming and that night our logo was designed, he designed our logo and two months later we launched. So, I, um, you know, and I had the connections with King Five and started off with one segment a month. And then they asked, hey, can you do something each week? And of course I said, yes. <laughs> and so pre-COVID we were going into the studio once a week with a dog. And then once COVID hit, of course, everybody's out of the studio, but they are so supportive and we haven't skipped a beat and we've had a dog every week. Yeah, passion, purpose, business, nothing better than that. So Kathleen, can you share a little bit more about your background and experience with rescue dogs? Sure. So um, after I was teaching, I became a, a private tutor so that I could care for my mom when she was seriously ill. And then I took a break from everything and started volunteering um, at the look at the shelter here. And I plowed my way through the behavior program. And I, I wanted to work with the dogs who were having a, a, tough, a tough time getting adopted. Um, the ones who had the behavioral challenges, the medical needs, the same dogs that we like to showcase and shine a light on with NWCC. And I would see dogs like, well, what this one dog, Coco, that you mentioned in the opening, um, each week I went, it's like, wait, she's becoming more and more reactive. What can we do for her? And she is a senior dog. So she had so many boxes checked against her. And I, I people say, well, let's think outside of the box. My response to that is there's a box they we do whatever let's do whatever because i took her through the training class she got interest 
the woman who ended up adopting her started taking the, the remaining of the training classes with me so that that was a seamless transition and then she was adopted and it was it was a huge moment for me and it's like this is it and so then you know i'd come up with another project dog literally the day after they were out out of bite quarantine i would start working with them that is so cool because you're basically getting these dogs at the source of where they are so people because you know people oh that one barks right oh that one this when they walk by and they you know you're training these dogs to be perfect for people which increases the chance of them getting adopted what a genius idea um tell us more about why people should should choose northwest canine coalition kathleen well, one, we're a nonprofit organization. We're a small organization, just like the partner rescues that we work with. But we are the, the one-stop, this has the one-stop shopping. You can go to our website, look at all of the adoptable dogs from the various partner rescues that we partner with. You can watch their videos all on our, on our website. You can also go to the rescues and shelters page and you can click on those rescues and see which dogs they have available. Cause we don't have every dog, of course, you know, on video yet. So it's, it's one place to go. We're there to help you. If you need help getting the application, if you have questions, you want connections, we're there. Um, it also, if you have a dog that you need to rehome for whatever reason, we can help you do that. We'll connect you with our partner rescues. If you find a dog, we can help you with that. If you have items for dogs that you want to donate, we can help you with that too. So we're literally one stop and we can help so many. Yeah, I wish I uh, would have known you, Kathleen, when my mother-in-law uh, needed to go into care and we had to find her dog a home. It was uh, quite, the, uh, quite the process. So Coco, without a doubt, is a huge success story. Do you have another success story that you can uh, share today? Yeah, just thinking about it, I started getting teary-eyed. <laughs> um, I was getting teary-eyed reading the bio. I mean, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. There were, there were, there were many particularly heart-wrenching success stories. Um, I'll talk about Cinnamon, though. Cinnamon, um, I got looped into an email exchange about Cinnamon. He was on the euthanasia list at a shelter down south. And um, I reached out to our partner rescues, explained the situation. And I also found a foster for the dog, his name for Cinnamon. So I had a foster, but I, I still needed a rescue to take him under their, their, their wings, basically. And so one of our rescues, uh, they said, yes, we can take him. It's like, perfect. So I'm, you know, that intermediary getting the paperwork back and forth and then met up with the foster. We met at the, in the parking lot. You know, he was transferred up that day and I had been on two video shoots earlier in the day. So then we swing by, we pick up Cinnamon and I had him, I had him scheduled for his TV appearances. And um, because of the logistics of where his foster was in the studio, I ended up staying at a hotel with Cinnamon so that we could get to the studio bright and early the next day. And uh, he has been adopted into a perfect home. So it, it yeah, so literally saved, saved his life. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so special. How do you operate financially? I know this is kind of changing gears here, but I'm curious and it's important. Well, it, yeah, it is, we're a nonprofit. So it's all about fundraising and donations and sponsorships. So we have, they're all on our, on our website, various levels of sponsorship. 
for the organization as a whole. You can have your logo, your a live link to your business. We also have um, the opportunity to sponsor our dog videos. So if you want to say like Moberly, your business can be a sponsor of Moberly's video. Um, and then fundraising events. We had our Bark at the Moon Gala last March scheduled, but a week before COVID we had to cancel. So we pivoted right away, went virtual. We plan to have another one uh, about this time next year. So be on the lookout for that. Follow us on all our social media platforms and you'll stay apprised of, um, of what we're doing and when our fundraising events are happening. And you can always just click the donate, donate button. It's, it's always there. We don't want it to get dusty. <laughs> Quick <No. and> <laughs> Kathleen, thank you so much for the service that you're providing uh, for our, our furry critters. And if you are listening to the show today, please take action and make a donation and help these uh, little dogs get placed and find a home. Uh, Kathleen, thank you for being here. It was an honor to, uh, to interview you. Thanks for having me. Coming up next on the Money Power, how stress negatively impacts your wealth strategy. We have Dawn Spiegelberg of Heart Coherence LLC right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Let me ask you this. Do you wake up in the morning longing for purpose and meaning to your days? Something beyond sitting at a computer and watching the clock tick the minutes away? Well, your days are about to change for the better. The Northwest Canine Coalition, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to shine a light on dogs in need of a home, is looking for volunteers and board members ready to make a difference and save lives. They partner with smaller, lesser-known rescues and shelters throughout the Northwest and provide videos and media segments showcasing their lovable canines. These actually air on King 5 News each week and various social media platforms. To learn more about volunteer opportunities and board membership, email Kathleen Hunter at kathleen at nwk9coalition.org or you can visit their website at nwk9coalition.org where you can search for adoptable dogs, watch their dog videos, and make a donation so that they may continue to fulfill their mission. Remember, with your help, we canine do it. Easy on the ears, good for the soul. Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You are listening to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, June 5th show. You can also listen to our show on podcast, our Facebook premiere show, or you can listen to our show on our YouTube channel. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We bring into studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market. We're here to help you in today's economy. And now in studio, we have Don Spiegelberg of Heart Coherence LLC. How stress negatively impacts your wealth strategy right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Don, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tina. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. And a little bit about Dawn. She is a certified coherence coach and at heart facilitator. 
In her work over the last 20 years, she found evidence of the positive effects of energy fields within and around the body. Uh, adhering her to her study, Coherence and Foster Intuitive Skills. Heart coherence has surprising benefits like improves cognitive function, increases persona resilience, and promotes teamwork. The innovative practices of heart coherence propelled her business, which was named Best of Bothell 2018. How cool. Well, let's start with this. I mean, I have a one month old baby, a dog that's one and a five year old and running the house in a successful business. Stress can happen. So and why do you feel like people get so stressed? Kaylin, you named it. It's the environment <laughs> that triggers a natural physiological response in our bodies. And so as our environment changes, so does our level of stress. And you named almost every single stressor. In the same household, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah all in the same household. I wouldn't oh, change it, though. I'm a happy guy. Good for yeah, you. you. You are definitely a happy guy and uh, have a happy family. Just lots of chaos uh, going on for sure. So, Don, prior to COVID, what was the number one stressor? So what's really fascinating is that before the coronavirus hit, everyone's boss was considered the number one stressor in their life. And when you imagine that, that's pretty significant because your boss is, uh, is the one who employs you. Your boss uh, provides that job security that people rely on. They're also managing how much you make and whether or not you get a raise. So you can imagine that interactions and the position that a boss has over an individual would cause a lot of stress. And that's why the boss is number one. Well, I sure hope for my uh, teammates as they're so-called boss, so-called boss, I like to call myself the leader of the team. I didn't cause any stress, but also just stress of the unknown of how that leader is going to lead the organization to ensure everything's going to be okay on the other side of COVID. Crazy. Exactly. Tina, you are the coolest boss that anybody can ever have. If you only knew Aww. Tina, she's awesome. So, hey. and I'm, I'm around uh, the team all the time and she's a rock star. So um, don't believe that for a second. You are amazing. Um, now let's talk about stress as a natural response, because I know inherently in us, there's fight or flight. Why yeah. is stress so unhealthy? So fight or flight is a mechanism to keep us uh, safe, to keep us protected. And the truth is, if there is a threat in our environment, then our body is designed to use up all the available energy in order to keep us safe. So stress in and of itself isn't unhealthy, it's actually based in survival. What's unhealthy is the prolonged stress, the stress that doesn't get dealt with. Um, consistent, persistent stress is what's most unhealthy. 
I just uh, last night was having a conversation with a close uh, girlfriend and a business partner of mine and talking about uh, how she avoids a stressful situation that's coming into her life uh, currently. And I said, that's, you don't want to do that. You need to tackle it straight on and then find techniques and things that you can allow that stress to release so you can move away from it. So Dawn, let's talk about uh, what causes people to feel so stressed. So uh, the reason that we feel stressed is directly based on our perceptions and our experiences, our past experiences. So I have an example. Young children, they don't know not to pull a dog's ears. That makes sense. They pull a dog's ears and they get bit. And that's the experience that's developed. Uh, and what's amazing is a child can have a different response based on the child's personality. So one child may be afraid of all dogs after being nipped because they pulled their ear. Uh, one child may be just afraid of that breed of dog, and yet another child may be afraid of just that dog, and it didn't matter what the breed is. So our responses to the experiences we have are all different. What this actually means is that there's always a one-to-one -one relationship to the cause of our stress. And when it comes to making wealth decisions, we don't always see what the causes are that are contributing to our stress. Uh, stress. So if you, for example, um, make the choice and wait to sell a stock or some other investment and something causes it to dive, it probably wasn't your choice to sell it at that time, right? But other factors, however, our brains are designed to look at the pattern and it searches for the reason of our stress, for our stress. So what may happen is it gets stuck on believing that actually it was your choice in that moment to sell. And then in the future, you may be hesitant to sell again. So stress actually changes the way we think and how we think, and it especially affects our wealth strategies. I feel Tina especially is really good at this and she's helped me over the years and I've worked on it forever. I just feel like we focus on ourselves and there's nothing that really stresses me out because I realize it's how I'm perceiving the situation and how I react to it makes all the difference in the world. So when right for the show, you dogs barking, babies going nuts, families leaving, I'm focusing on the show. I'm not just going to dive into that and let it affect me. But if, if I did, I'd be curious on what that initial effect of that stress would be, let's say on work. So that's a great question. And having experienced stress, you know that fatigue comes into play. And when we are under stress for long periods of time, it draws our energy, it depletes our energy stores. And so because we're fatigued, it decreases our performance. It also affects your attitude. So you did a great job of coming on the show. We had no idea that you had so many things going on behind the scenes, but when you are here, you're focused, right? Other people may not be able to do that and they may bring a more negative vibration to the workplace. And so that also affects performance. And then lastly, prolonged stress contributes to burnout. And we all have heard about burnout. And burnout happens because we're not renewing our energy stores. All the available energy during stress is used up because of our perception and understanding of stress. So Keelan, you did a great job of getting to the show and not looking stressed. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so awesome. Uh, now we can get a visual of uh, what's happening behind the scenes as Keelan's right here with this big smile on his face and rocking at the co-host position. <laughs> so Don, stress in a uh, temporary space can be a good thing, can it not? Yes. Many people actually learn to leverage stress to their advantage. So, uh, for example, a speaker before going on stage may be a little nervous uh, and they can use that stress to propel them and to leverage and to energize themselves so that they meet the crowd with connection and excitement. Um, intimacy with our spouses is a, is a stress and then a release of stress. So when we practice using stress and the benefits of stress, it actually can move us forward in life. It's really amazing. Yeah, as a keynote speaker, uh, sometimes talking in front of a hundred hundreds of people sharing the most vulnerable times of my life, I get that. And I always just, I change it. This is excitement and energy, which is gonna help me rock the stage at a higher level. Just what you shared, Don. Beautiful. Don, what's a tip for those that are listening to us today on uh, ways they can stop just stressing so much? So know what triggers your stress. Um, that's, that's first and foremost, because sometimes people don't know what it is. Um, second, limit your exposure to that. So unfortunately, Keelan, in your play, in your situation, you're not going to be able to limit your exposure to dogs and new babies and that. Um, but it is important to actively decrease and dissipate the stress that you experience. So take breaks for yourself, take time to yourself, and then avoid making decisions while you're under stress and duress because the fatigue factor, it decreases your cognitive, fu cognitive function. You won't be making the best choice if you're under stress. Yeah. So Dawn, work can cause you stress and you don't necessarily want to quit your job, start a new one, get new stress and go through that, that cycle. So what tips do you have for someone that's listening that their work causes them stress? Tina, you gave a great example with regard to uh, getting up in front of people and speaking. And you mentioned shifting that energy and creating excitement. When we change the meaning of the stress that we experience, that's when we can actually leverage it for the better. So um, stress is attributed to uh, uh, lots of negative things. Um, a lot of times when it's prolonged stress, we struggle with it. But when we change its meaning, then we can really use it to our advantage. And it's really the balance of the universe. Anything supposedly bad is good on the other side. It's just utilizing it, being able to shift, as you said, to the other side of it. Love that. And for me personally, I just take it on. So I did. I was also stressed by a boss at one point. So I decided to get rid of a boss and work for myself. You know, it takes <laughs> love that. It, it, <laughs> it takes courage. Boss. But you got to do what you can do. If my baby's crying, I'll go pick him up, you know, or yeah. try to dissipate the situation. But I find just sitting in that marinating it is just worse. You just got to get there and tackle it and or remove it from your life altogether and change your environment. Um, I can imagine if it affects your work, it's got to affect your wealth. So how can stress negatively affect your wealth? So here's the thing, when you're under stress, you feel that you're threatened by something. And in the midst of threat, being threatened, our mind works to identify the threat to remove it. 
which means it's decreasing your overall cognitive function. When you focus, when you're focused on finding what that threat is, um, because you plan on fighting it, or you're running away from it, or you're trying to hide from it, that just doesn't help us financially. It doesn't help us run away from a situation. We need to address it head on. So you can miss out on an opportunity to build your wealth. You can lose money if you're stressed and making decisions, or you may not be aware of or perceive a great opportunity that would make your wealth increase. So stay out of stress. Stay out of stress. And that's a good, uh, a good last final words in wrapping up our time with you, John. Thank you so much for coming into studio uh, and sharing how to use your stress as a benefit so that you can really conquer your life. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. And thank you again for each of you for the show today. It was an awesome show and uh, we're signing off. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We are your local mortgage experts saying goodbye for today. Enjoy the rest of your week and weekend. We look forward to talking more money with you next weekend right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Tina Mitchell, MLO145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.